Great day for a great day. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You know him as the odd fellow. This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments, brought to you by 1.37 p.m., sponsored by absolutely nobody, but if you have a brand that wants to sponsor us, coming okay, soon. let's do coming it. Coming soon. Yeah, let's shoot us some beers. <laughs> we'll fucking plug them, baby. All right, that's not what we're here for, but, uh, you know, week four, here we go. Uh, is it week four? Yes, week four. Week, week five. five. Week, week five. five. Week five. Week five. Time My flies goodness. when you're having fun is what they say in the biz. Yeah, and when you're betting every week, betting every game, we don't do that, but sometimes we do. When you're gambling, when you're investing, always a great time. And, and you know, it's not quite Christmas, and but I'm going to evoke a Christmas jingle. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got week five NFL. We've got the playoffs starting for MLB. RIP to our Yankees. That's okay. Some electric, electric matchups coming up. NBA starts in what, three weeks? NHL starts in what, three weeks? I mean, this is a, a sports better's dream. Perhaps you can that one. Paradise oh, indeed. Whoa. Yeah. NSFW, Whoa. baby. I hope your kids aren't listening to this anyway. I already said fuck like four times. Um, but hey, let's get into it, man. Let, let, let's get into it. Hey, dude, minor napping. Right, minor napping right now. So say say whatever you want. I mean, it's yeah, safe. Baby. I got the headphones in. We're cooking. We're cashing. Great day for a great day. Yeah, you safeties know, buzzwords are off. galore. Yeah, safety, safeties, safeties are off. off. We're firing. We are yeah. absolutely yeah. firing. No, NBA. So I think NBA is October 19th. I might have an invite to go to an early Knicks game. So we'll see if that holds true. Oh, delightful. Ooh. And is that through the odds, fellow? Or just you knowing people who have Knicks tickets? You know, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We don't reveal our secrets. Don't reveal your sources because then your That's sources right. dry up real quick. That's right. That and I'm getting a hefty refund from the Yankees front office thanks to my playoff ticket purchase that they made. Nice. You know, they make you go through <laughs> with. That'll all be coming back to me because there will be no home playoff games, Mr. Sheesby. Yes, there will be none of those. We lick our wounds. That's okay. But before we dive into week five here, uh, a quick recap. The podcast picks, in short, have been almost as hot as our beers. Piping. Steaming. <laughs> I'm 6-1 and one on this podcast starting on week two. Ant is three and one. That's good for a cumulative nine and two. Of course, I've added a few picks here and there, which looking at the data, I need to stop doing because all the picks that I don't premeditatedly bet and I'm like, oh, that feels good are fucking losers. And all the ones that we'd spend time in hours over the week analyzing every angle uh, so far, knock on wood, of course, have have been above average. So I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to. No, I mean, I it's know. such a good little message, like spend time on it or follow somebody that, you know, is spending time on it and try to learn from it. Because I did the same thing with baseball. I was struggling. And then I took a step back and I was like, let me spend some more time on some totals. I was doing a little prep for another guy. I was going to jump on a podcast with Greg Peterson at G unit something on Twitter. 31, I think uh, it is. 81, 81, maybe 30, 30, but I know you, you jump on there as well. Yeah, um, I just recorded so with him last I went, night, actually. I went deep into, you know, a, a game and a total and nailed it. I ended up not going on the pod with him, never releasing it. I released and played the pick separately and the thing shredded like it, you know, it was done. And it's just like, wow, I, you know, maybe I just need to. Yeah, one might say that prior, prep, prior preparation prevents poor performance, the five-piece system. Um, I've, I've actually expanded that into a 15-piece system. Really good Solid. for if you're about to go out to a, a rather gluttonous dinner, right? The first three Ps, the preemptive purge plan, which then comes into the five-piece. Obviously, you have to know that menu before you sit down. You need to wow the waiter. You need to wow the maitre d'. And of course, you need to wow your hot date. That's where prior preparation prevents poor performance comes in. And then post-meal, that's where the final seven hit. Prior preparation prevents poor performance, Pedialyte, pepper 
Pepto-Bismol. You got to be ready for that that recovery. So neither here nor there, but we do Can have you some get that on a five. shirt? Can we sell some merch that has that, please? Yeah, the S-T-H-V-I in the way, 15-piece system. I don't know if we have enough fucking real estate on shirts to, to even get us there. P to the seventh um, power, brother. P to the seventh power. Math. <laughs> Math. But uh, anyway, 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 let's hit some NFL picks real quick. Let's then I think we can drop some quick thoughts on the MLB playoffs and we'll wrap it up, ship it out and get it out to the our loyal fans. One quick plug here. We were hoping to go live this week, but hit some technical snags. Uh, we want to make sure we're doing it right. want to make sure we're on the right platforms. want to make sure it looks good. So hoping for next week we'll be doing this live. Of course, still dropped on Spotify, on Apple Music coming into Thursday morning. Ready for all picks, all plays. But uh, Ant, where do you want to start? Let's go right to the family play, which we didn't know until we were doing a little bit of prep right before this. Like we've said before, Jeff and I try to come in, you know, not cold, right, in terms of what we're looking at, but we don't always share every note with each other because we do want some reactions and some opinions and some mm-hmm. maybe counterpoints and takes, right, on the, on the podcast live. You guys are listening and enjoying and seeing and understanding both sides of it. But the family play that we did align on is going right back to the well with a team that ruined Survivor for many, for me. I tinkered. People, I did the right? old tinker. Yeah, 74, 75, I think, in our pool. Yeah, I was yeah. one of them. Oof. I changed this from the Bears, which was my week three winner, week four, week four winner, to the Titans at about approximately 12.53 p.m. You know, I said to myself, <laughs> I said, I says to the guy, I says, I already have money on the Bears. Yeah. I don't need to get doubly, you know what, right? So I didn't want to take, I didn't want to take two double doinks, you know, Chicago style. <laughs> And I said, let me change it. The, the Titans, they might not cover the spread, but they're going to win this game, yep. right? They're going to get the job done, and mm-hmm. and they did not. Now, the good news is even on a tie, so I didn't have to explain this to hundreds of people, a tie loses in Survivor, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if they hit that last field goal. Um, you know. But hey, right back to the well, like I said, Titans minus four, minus four and a half out there against the Jacksonville Jags. Jeff, what keyed you in on this spot? You know, this is one of those. I think we're. I think we're buying low on the Titans again, right? I, yeah. I think all season we've been buying low. The only good performance, definitely in that had, Seattle game, which was one of the games time. I scooped them up with. You know, yeah, but then I scooped them up the next week because I still thought they were undervalued based off of that schlubbing they took in Week One. They come out and win outright. So. You know, I think there's there's some glaring issues with this Titans offense, mainly around the offensive line. Most people are thinking around Julio Julio Jones and AJ Brown. I don't think there was that. Like, obviously, there was a drop off, right? But Josh Reynolds, I thought was serviceable. Westbrook, I thought was serviceable. They were getting first score the ball a little bit more. Like, I, I think it's the line is a bigger issue than than it is um, with the Titans, but. You know, one thing I did key in on before we touch on just DVOA and Dave and and actual data here is looking at that offensive line and who they've played, right? The two games that they've gotten, you know, lost and obliterated in, uh, so bad and mediocre, comes against Arizona and it comes against the New York Jets, both of which they allowed more than six sacks. Six versus Arizona, they scored 13 points, seven sacks versus the Jets. Obviously, we know how that one went, but... The Jets are number seven in adjusted uh, defensive line adjusted sack rate, and the Cardinals are number nine. So two pretty good defensive lines that are bringing pressure enter the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, I mean, if you saw the headlines this week, shit is is going crazy with Urban. Up in the club. Yeah, yeah, turn up, you know, any day of the week, neither here nor there. But this is a Jacksonville uh, team that is currently last in the league in adjusted sack rate. So while yeah, I think and look, that, just oh, that, to take it one step forward, yeah, I know this is a stat I've been bringing into it a little bit, too, that we've been talking about that pass rush win rate. Right. So how these guys mm-hmm. as a team, 
defensive line. They do separate into defensive end and defensive tackle, but the combined stat, uh, the Cardinals come in at 16th at 44%. The Jets way up at 49%, which is good for seventh in the league through the first couple weeks. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars way down at 26, 38%, right? So it ties into that sack metric that you're looking at too, where these just these guys just aren't winning as much at the line of scrimmage, right? Big time. And I, I love that. You know, I think that's like, we just need our guy Ryan Tannehill to have a little bit more time. Yeah. And, you know, Henry's big enough that, even with some holes in the line, you know, whatever. So I think they'll feed him. The passing yeah. game is going to be a little more opened up. But, um, you know, I think what's interesting is, is so we look into the data here, right? Dave versus DVOA, what we've been looking at every week so far. Uh, DVOA for the Titans defense, 26th. Dave, 29th. They're bad and they should be bad. Same thing we're seeing with this Jags defense. DVOA is 30th. Dave is 32nd. Bad, and they should be bad. But there's some big discrepancies here on the offense. Offense for the Titans, their current DVOA is 24. Their Dave, uh, which again takes into preseason consideration of expectations, which I do feel are accurate for the Titans at 13th. So huge room for improvement, even while a little bit banged up uh, on that front. And then the Jags offense is kind of who we thought they'd be, 27th to 28th. So I think that's a pretty big discrepancy. Uh, and one that I don't think four and a half points is necessarily uh, enough enough for. Yeah, and look, when you look at the injury bug here, you mentioned Julio and A.J. Brown. They're both still questionable, I think, with uh, I think uh, Julio's a lower leg injury. I'm not sure exactly where. Feels like he Brown. always has a high ankle sprain, right? Every yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why he couldn't get in the end zone. Oh, wait, was that Matt Ryan? I don't know. Could have been both. Could have been both. Yeah. <laughs> been both. But uh, A.J. Brown is out with a hamstring, right? So that one you know, could linger a little bit longer. But I think if you get either one of them back, even if it's not both, I think that does stretch things out a bit. And another good sign here, Taylor Lewan, their starting offensive tackle, probably their best offensive lineman, mm-hmm. did exit the Jets game at one point. He ended up coming back in the fourth quarter, uh, which I think is a good sign. Um, yep, but yeah, sure. I mean, you look at the narrative combined with the stats here, like, yeah, you know, if the Jags do make a move uh, at, at coach, which, you know, if it's Wednesday now, right, this will drop Thursday morning. We haven't heard anything announced yet. I doubt that'll happen. There seems sure. to be a big distraction down there. There seems to be the rookie quarterback. And I can tell you one thing. Mike Vrabel will have these guys ready to win within the division. And the Titans are probably still the prohibitive favorite, even with the Colts, you know, finally getting a W, getting on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans are the prohibitive favorite to win this division. And that's where Vrabel knows the rest of the year off to a sluggish start. That's where they need to take care of things. So mm-hmm. coming off that Jets loss, again, out of division in conference, going to another division game on the road, you know he's going he's gonna to have these guys ready to play. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, we think about the previous years of the, of, of the Titans versus what's happening this year. Um, you know, they haven't seen too much turnover on this offense, right? That's why I'm, I'm clinging so hard, I would say, to the, the Dave metric of preseason expectation factored in with current output. But one, I think, honestly, eye-opening stat here is what's changed from last week to, to last year. Their red zone efficiency has fallen off a cliff. They were 0 for 3 in their first three trips against the Jets. I think they settled for two field goals and one missed. And then they ended up 2 for 5. This is a team that in 2019 and 2020 was number 1 and number 2 in terms of red zone offense. So I'm personally thinking that this is more of a fluke early in the season uh, than it will be you know, reflective. And if there's ever a get-right spot... It's got to be against one of the worst defenses in the league. Beautiful weather, hopefully no rain down in Jacksonville. But I love that angle of in the division. I love the angle of Urban Meyer, you know, sniffing butts at the club. (laughs) And uh, I think this is a Titans team that, even though the public loves it, which 
you know, sometimes that's the one a concerning point. Yeah. But hey, they uh, win too, right? I mean, when you look right. at the rates, like I, I did check this number as we were talking to, and you know, this is Action Network, so it's not the you know be all end all in terms of tracking data. I know you get some DraftKings data as well. Yeah. But eighty eight percent of the bets driving ninety percent of the money. It seems like the line has steamed up a little bit from where it opened up. Um, mm-hmm. And hey. You know, the public eats too sometimes. So Yeah, but DraftKings here has it as of noon on Wednesday at 84% of bets, 90% of the money yeah. at four and yeah. a half. So pretty similar. Hey, uh, look, at hey, least it's not said, 84% of the bets with like, you know, 45% of the money. For sure. That's the concerning, sure. you know, flip you might want to be careful for. Yeah, big time. So that's that. Pick one consensus here. Family play. Um, family play. Shout out to the Chernobyl elites. Shout out to the GPO members who hopefully will be will be riding with us. That's right. Um, but it feels good. I think it, I think it'll be all right. And <laughs> I am holding the Titans team in contempt. You know, I threw a no whammies teaser in last week, and they were the only ones that didn't hit it. Me too. Um, and you know what was the worst part of about that? Because I did it as a – I must have grabbed seven. I think I grabbed mm-hmm. the full seven point, four team, mm-hmm. seven point, which on that book was a plus – a hefty plus 240 to the beautiful subscribing crew that I'm so thankful for. The Titans line was plus one meaning a tie I would have done it the tease alive that would have been insane so that was a range of emotions because I'm like well I'm gonna lose the survivor you know they get the ball maybe they'll drive down score a touchdown I'll win everything yep okay no they're gonna kick a field goal at least I have the tease no yep big time and I had it at minus two and a half I got a terrible line I locked it in early week before all those injuries came out but even so, you know, we tie it up. We go into overtime. I'm like, yeah, here you're it like, comes. I just need three, right? Just need three, or just need seven on the rebuttal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it was yeah. alive for way longer than it should have been for, for yeah. the way that torture. they played that game. Torture. Well, I'm let's keep the juices flowing into another juicy old man who bets pick, which uh, I, I do want to talk about because I love this spot too. Yeah, absolutely, man. The next one we're looking here, uh, juicy couture for sure. Shout out to all. All you ladies out there wearing those delicious jumpsuits, you know, swab is an understatement. I think what well, that was like the '90s mall scene, right? Like That's 1999, right. you're uh, you're matching your your maybe a light pink juicy couture. Uh, at least in Northern Jersey, you were. I don't know. I don't know the rest of the world, the rest of the listeners. But man, those things were in at one point. I think they might be coming back, Ant. But neither here nor there. The weather. The weather supports it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be comfortable and you'll be warm and That's maybe right. fashionable. I don't know. That's I'm sure right. Paris Hilton will support it uh, when she was 22 or whatever wearing those. But anyway, uh, Packers minus three versus the Bengals. This is a team that I, I love, man. I think they're continuously getting disrespected after that 38 to three smackdown. From the Saints. And since then, you know, good things have happened, right? They smacked the Lions and covered 35-17. to 17. They beat the 49ers on the road as an underdog, outright win. We were on them there. And then they beat and covered the Steelers again. We were on them there. So good things are happening. Uh, I'm sticking to my guns on the Packers. Um, Civil Order, how I sticking to my guns on the Cowboys. Jerry's still out there on, on this week. I haven't necessarily locked that in. It was at 7, 7.5. 4 no against the spread. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like the Giants are always like randomly scrappy. Yeah. So I just yeah. need to That's go a little bit deeper. In division, that. tough yeah. matchup. Yeah. Exactly. So one of those ones that I'll probably end up on the Cowboys. But early this week, didn't want to lock it in on, on a Wednesday, even though I locked in four or five others. And you can catch all those already on the Action Network. They won't be posted until probably Sunday morning, but uh, they're locked, they're loaded, and they're available if you follow me there. But um, anyway, I think this is a Packers D. I mean, 
sure, it's a trap line, 100%, right? It's it's minus three against the Bengals. I, I just think people are a little too high on the Bengals. You know, the, what I had written down in my notes here in all caps is, is this Bengals team good? Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that yet, Ant, but I'm banking on not really. Uh, I like or, to, I like to put them in the feisty category, sure, which I is like not it. necessarily in the Venn diagram of good. Yeah. Feisty. It's a cousin, a cousin of good enough, yeah, but, yeah. um, you know, we look at DVOA and Dave again, right? Trying to figure out why we're over, over, uh, overperforming or underperforming. And this defense for the Bengals is currently ranked number five in overall DVOA with a Dave of number 18. That might that be one a, of the biggest discrepancies we've talked about on the show, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. this year. And uh, let me remind you, Ant, let me take you back to week four, where the Carolina Panthers were ranked number one in defense DVOA, number five uh, in Dave, so still elite by the numbers, but who had they played? The Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. And this was yeah. a Panthers squad that then goes up against the number six offense and allows 36 points. The Cowboys cover that game. We were all over it. So the, yeah. the similarities. Even look, at the, even look at the Broncos. Again, mm-hmm. not having the Dave and DVOA stuff in front of me, but you had a team that was going up against the Ravens. The line swung in their favor. You know, a trap line again, right? If you were a Baltimore backer, mm-hmm. the Broncos had faced and beaten teams that were a collective 0-9. And the yeah, Ravens took care of business, right? Easily. Like, so you got to watch these things. You got to look at some of the opponents and some of the the spots in the NFL in a long eighteen week season. Big time. And we were on that Ravens plus one, even though we hated yeah. the line, right? You know, good mm-hmm. teams win, good great teams cover, and they did both of those things with ease. I didn't even have to sweat that one. My anti perspirant question for the weekend remained the same, which I appreciate. Um, but so that's that's good, right? We have a defense that should uh, regress to 18, right? And this Packers defense is 23 and 20 in terms of DVOA and Dave. So let's call it a wash potentially on defenses, which I think is great. On offense here, we're seeing uh, for the Bengals DVOA 20, Dave of 20. So kind of exactly where they need to be, which has been above average. They're getting T. Higgins back. Mixon's a little banged up, but Pirine seems like maybe he's good enough. Um, but something worth noting, their strength of schedule of, of opponents on this offense team is 23. Uh, the Packers' strength of schedule of opponent on offense is 20. So all things considered, this should be close to an apples-to-apples comparison mm-hmm. of, of offenses. But this offense for the Packers is DVOA of 8 with a Dave of 4. So we're looking at 20 versus 8 or 20 versus 4. Either way, that is a major discrepancy for two teams that in theory have the same defense uh, based on the numbers uh, and two teams that offensively have an apples-to-apples comparison. And I think that that apples-to-apples comparison is far bigger than three points. Yeah, super fair. I think you you probably throw out week one, right? I've Mm -hmm. heard it referred to as maybe the Packers' final preseason game. Yeah, Um, big time. You know, a Saints team that you got to remember had all offseason to prepare for them in a new wrinkle and a new system with Jameis. The Packers Mm -hmm. did not have tape on that. Um, You know, so there's some emotional stuff there. There's some preparedness stuff there uh, that I think comes out. Now, look, Joe Burrow is is feisty. I think he is good. What you get the benefit of with this low line and this trap line is, uh, you know, less of a Joey backdoor cover, which I feel like happens often. You know, if that line was sitting somewhere between six and a half and 10, you -hmm. could get that late field goal or that late touchdown to push. But the the three is a nice number there. Um, to target and and look even if you throw out the Saints and the Lions cover because of the you know the spot in week one and then the team in week two I mean the way they've looked to take care of business in against that Niners game um, and then against Pittsburgh where a lot of people were on Pittsburgh or thought that was a trap spot for 
the Packers, right? A must-win kitchen sink game type for mm-hmm. Tomlin and the Steelers. And the Packers got it done, and they dominated that thing. So I Big do time. think you got a team that's rounding in the form. Yeah, I completely agree. And one last stat here, again, talking about that defense for the Bengals, number five versus number 18, huge regression spot. Their opponent strength of schedule there is number 31. So very similar to what we saw with the Panthers, very similar to what we saw with the Broncos. Um, and that's a trend that's led us to 2-0. and Let's make it three. Two picks, two winners. Let's get Big it Big money, no whammies. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. Any any MLB thoughts? I know the MLB wild card thoughts. is in full. So the AL wild card is behind us. The yes, Red Sox move on to face the Rays. The NL wild card, by the time this plays, will know outcome of Dodgers Cardinals. Um, would be a tough break for the Dodgers, uh, you know, team that won 106 games mm-hmm. to run into the red hot St. Louis Cardinals and maybe not make it. Um, you know, any any hot takes with this format? Do you like it? Hate it? I mean, Buy as it, a viewer, it. I love it. As yeah. a somebody who plays 162 games because it's sample size, because they want it to play out, to then bring it down to one game is it's tough. Is, it's really is, tough. It's ridiculous. Um, but I mean, this Dodgers versus Cardinals game is so interesting in the sense of hottest team in the league versus the best team in the league. You know, this, this is a team. The run differential, Ant, and buckle up for this, between these two teams is 235 runs. 235 runs. The Dodgers are plus 269 on the year. The Cardinals are plus 34. That is absolutely insane. That is crazy. And in the, in the craziest part about this Dodgers team, right, plus 269, the second best in the league is the Giants at plus 210. They the team were that beat them in the division, in the division. Yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is just outrageous. And, and there's a yeah. lot of, like, really interesting, honestly, call-outs on, on this uh, in terms of run differential, which I do think is important. Uh, one takeaway, in terms of home versus away, there's only two teams that are left that have a similar home and away run differential. That's going to be the Dodgers and the Astros, appropriately priced at plus 390 and plus 450. That might have moved now that um, obviously the Yankees lost last night, but they were plus 1100 anyway. So I don't yeah. think that impacts it too much. Um, but every other team has kind of a wild split. You look at the Giants at home, plus 72. You look at the Giants away, plus 138. What does that tell you? This is a Giants team that's number two in home runs per game. And home park for them is a tough spot to hit home runs. Maybe they're a fade at home. Another potential fade at home, this Brewers team, man, number seven uh, in terms of run differential ranking of the teams left, plus 750 to win the World Series. At home, plus four. In theory, absolutely no home field advantage for this Brewers team, which doesn't make any sense, especially when you consider their away run differential plus 110. That that is insane. I, I don't yeah, even know. And what to I make also of that. hated the way the Brewers finished the season. You got to remember they were mm-hmm. coasting in the NL Central. I know at least in the last ten they were four and six, uh, closed on a on an L four. I think that was even worse if you expand that to like twenty or twenty five games because they had such a lead in the NL Central that it didn't matter. A couple of those mm-hmm. games were against the Red Hot Cardinals, but just not a way you want to limp into the playoffs. So that left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, just kind of watching the way they finished. Yeah, and of these 10 teams left in terms of ERA from August and September, the Brewers' bullpen is 10 out of 10 here with 4.68. They lost Devin Williams because he decided to punch a wall after Cel- clinching a celebration, playoff spot. good times. Yeah, I mean, welcome to the postseason, my man. You know, act like you've been there, perhaps. And I love that guy. He's an absolute yeah. wizard with the ball. But give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a tough one. I mean, I think it is a top-heavy you know, you hate to just point to the favorites, but I'd be shocked to see anything outside of the the Dodgers or the Giants in the NL with the way they played all year. You know, I, th- I don't think the Braves and Brewers are in their class. You know, I think it was a both, 
you know, a case of the divisions those teams played in. And and give all credit to the world. I know you had a Braves Futures ticket. They battled through some injuries, which was super impressive for the way they rallied and finished. But I don't think they have the depth to go against you know, these squads in the NL. AL to me is a little bit more wide open. You know, all respect to the Rays and what they've done all year. Definitely a powerhouse. But I could also see the Astros or the the White Sox making a little bit of a run. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm officially a White Sox fan for the rest yeah. of, of the years. Obviously, I can't root for the Rays. I think the Rays are the best buy at, at plus 750. Uh, it's a good number for, because they for don't the way to... they put everything together. 100%, man. And there is a little bit of a concern right there. Starters ERA rank um, is is not great for, for these people here. They were ninth in ERA for the full season, uh, t- seventh in terms of expected FIP. And then August uh, and September specifically didn't get any better, 10 and 8. Uh, again, that's of the 10 teams that made the playoffs. So we right. cut out every other team in this ranking. But their bullpen has been uh, a shining star, at least on the season. But interestingly enough, number three in ERA rank, number three in expected FIP rank. Uh, but recently, August and September, that jumps to number six in ERA and number nine in expected FIP. So yeah. uh, in terms of getting hot at the right time, you might think that Rays took their foot off the gas a little bit, being up 10 games for the final month. I don't know. But hopefully they'll find that uh, that championship caliber um, you know, mentality, if nothing else, to, to yeah. bring it here. Well, but I love anyway, it. Look, best time of the year. The, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. As you said, best time of the year. We got everything going on, everything cooking. Yeah. You got any hot takes for the playoffs here? No, not really. Just going to sit back and and try to enjoy. I I do think you're going to get some good series. Um, You know, I think it's it's a bit of a wide open field, like I said, besides, especially in the AL. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I, I could see some of these teams regressing. It's been such a streaky season. You know, one of the reasons I felt good about the Yankees just getting into the tournament you know, they had the ability to get streaky and get hot. And, and to me, the AL felt more wide open. I don't know how anyone goes, you know, and wins four games or, you know, three games against the uh, the the Giants and the Dodgers. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit less so in the NL. And hopefully we get that NL wildcard, that NL battle. Um, but you won't get it in the championships series right which is one right. of the problems the if the dodgers do win this you're gonna get it in the ds which is ridiculous um and unfortunate i think for baseball so yeah, that's my hot sure. take bad job i'm not the first to say it you should reseed or figure this out and do something right yeah man i agree with that i think uh, only potential hot take here i think the braves take the series against the brewers uh braves have a better run differential uh both home and away pretty even 52 and 58 i think the brewers lack of run differential at home is is a huge red flag especially with a depleted bullpen not that the braves bullpen has been anything even remotely close to consistent but guys like maztec guys like luke johnson have figured it out in the seventh and eighth innings at least recently era to xfip comparison say that they should regress uh but hey if you're hot at the right time sometimes that doesn't matter um, well, let's go from hot to cold, and I'll bet you a cold cocktail or a cold beverage that the uh, Brewers Brewers win that series. Done. Done. Make it a filthy martini, baby. You're Nailed buying. It. Love it. But in terms of value here, I think, you know, if you're going to go with a favorite, obviously it needs to be the Dodgers at plus 390, but that's tough because they got to win tonight and then play the Giants, so don't love that. I'd rather take the Giants at plus 700, uh, but I think my raise at plus 750 uh, is yeah. probably my favorite in that like value value position right i think that's going to be the one that that if i do fire on a world series future uh, i'll hone in on absolutely well i'm going to try and drop some picks throughout the playoffs maybe some series bets i probably won't bet a futures to start but i think mm-hmm. you approach it the right way if you got to find that value if you're going to do that otherwise you're better off betting series to series or game to game and rolling some of that 
Yeah, absolutely. And last question for you, Ann, before we wrap up here. We've got 60 seconds on the clock. Um, series versus game to game. How do you approach it and why? This is a question that Greg asked me yesterday. And I thought it was Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a super fair question. Largely you're better off because they're gonna take the series or game to game value into, you know, a world series. Uh you know, a futures ticket as well as the series pricing. A lot of times it's tough to find that value. So you really got to take a step back, find the value that Jeff just mentioned where you might have to go middle of the road or high where there is a little bit more value compared to some of that other pricing. So I typically like to go game by game. You could do it as an open parlay. You could just roll the dollars and continue the betting. Um, So there's strategic ways to think about it. I also like game to game in a series because you can find some of the other spots where a team Mm -hmm in desperation mode, right? Might have to go and win a game. You know, a 3-1 series win is still a series win, but you could actually cash tickets throughout that series, right? On Absolutely. both sides. So. Yeah, and it's one of those things that like, you know, game to game, most other playoffs, you know, football, et cetera, I feel like the lines are just sharper than ever. Mm-hmm. But with baseball, you know, peak motivation, you know you're going to get obviously only their best players. You don't have to worry about some bullshit double A pitcher coming out of the bullpen because it's a Tuesday night game uh, and they just don't have the like, you know, they're going to get guys that are good out yeah. there. So I feel like and it's going to be a quick miles. hook, right? For starters and everything time. that goes into it. So I just feel like that, that season data that, you know, obviously we've been building for 162 games is, is more accurate than ever. And of course, sure. That makes the lines a little bit sharper, but if you know how to read it, I think it, uh, it can really resonate. Well, any last thoughts? Pumpkin beers, pumpkin beers, baby. <laughs> Try them. Drink them. Let them warm up just a little bit. Not warm, but colder or warmer than 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 ice cold. Anyway, thank you guys for listening as always. This is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my main man, Ann Latino. You know him as the odds fellow. This is, this was, this will continue to be short-term high volatility investments. <laughs>